Welcome to Gnostic Insights. My name is Dr. Sid Ropp, and I'm your host. back to Gnostic Insights. In that interview we just completed with John Winter, we touched on the subject of reincarnation a little. And I'd like to replay for you a podcast from a couple of years ago devoted to the topic of reincarnation. Plus, the transcript that I'm printing alongside this episode comes from the appendix of my new book, A Simple Explanation of the Gnostic Gospel of the Tripartite Tractate. So the transcript that you read below is right out of the book. Now, my brother Bill Pewitt and I have had an ongoing debate concerning reincarnation for over 50 years now. Actually, more like 60 years at this point. Bill has always believed in reincarnation, and I have always provided alternative explanations for apparent evidence of reincarnation. And we will spend a full episode looking at my brother's method of hypnotherapy, and I'll share that with you, and I think that will help uh, illuminate this discussion of reincarnation. For most of my life, the meme bundle that I hold has stuck pretty close to Orthodox Christianity, and we all know that Orthodox Christianity holds that reincarnation does not exist. And I believe I, I understand why this is so, so let me begin with that. Traditional Christianity, or evangelical Christianity, emphasizes the born-again meme so heavily that it doesn't want any soul believing they have another lifetime during which they may be saved. Christianity is all about closing the deal here and now when it comes to salvation. More lifetimes means more delay, and add to that expectation that any day can be the end of times or judgment day, What if someone thinks they can delay salvation until the next incarnation? And then, uh uh-oh, the world ends, and that soul's left on the wrong side of the salvation divide. But over the last uh, 15 years of writing and contemplating the simple explanation, and now the Gnostic Gospel, I have come to change that point of view. And now I can see that it makes a lot more sense that all souls are reincarnated time and time again. So here I would like to read for you an article that I wrote May 16th of 2011. All right, so this is called a simple explanation of reincarnation. Reincarnation is a meme common to most world religions and spiritual traditions, with the notable exception of contemporary Christianity, as I just mentioned. Many ancient as well as modern philosophers also incorporate the reincarnation meme into their philosophies. Reincarnation is generally defined as entering the flesh again. Depending upon the particular memes held by one's belief system, it is said that after a human dies, they may re-enter their next life as a newborn human or possibly an animal or even some other form. The simple explanation defines reincarnation in this way. Death breaks the bonds of a self-unit of consciousness's current material instantiation. 
but not its karmic pattern. The freed unit of consciousness continues its existence at a non-material level until its karmic pattern causes it to reattach to a particular newly instantiating aggregate of cells that needs a new governing unit of consciousness, at which time that governing unit of consciousness, you, leave the in-between place and attach to that aggregation of cells to be born again into creation. In other words, when conception takes place and the cells begin to divide to make a new organism, each cell comes in with its own little governing unit of consciousness. And in my Gnostic Gospel explanations, I propose that each one of those governing units of consciousness is itself a fractal of the fullness of God, a fractal of the pleroma. So every time the cells hold hands and level up to organ systems and whatnot, a governing unit of consciousness attaches to that newly leveled up group of cells. So that by the time a new organism has developed in the womb and is fully formed, there are billions of fractals of the fullness of God inside of that organism. And each piece of the body knows exactly what its role is and what its function is, and those are the parts of the pleroma that are turned on in that governing unit of consciousness. So a skin cell knows how to be a skin cell. A heart cell knows how to be a heart cell. Those various cells reach out to their other like-minded cells, and they create the organ that is part of their cellular system. So the skin cells reach out and become the skin organ, and when that organ is formed in the developing embryo, a unit of consciousness attaches to that organ in order to run the functions of that organ. And that happens to all of the organ systems in our body. And then the organ systems, they reach out to each other and they, so to speak, hold hands and they create the entire organism in their unity. And when the entirety of the organism has been formed in the womb, the governing unit of consciousness attaches to it. When these governing units of consciousness come into the developing embryo, not only are they fractals of the unit of God, but they come with their own baggage. They come with their karma from their previous lifetimes. And that karma is like a magnet that then attracts the memes that they will use throughout their lifetime. And these memes are based upon their previous meme bundle. And that is the karma's function, is to kind of hold the shape of that organism, to hold the soul of that organism in between lives. We'll talk more about the in-between place on a later podcast, and I would like to have my brother Bill here for that part of the conversation, because as I've mentioned before, my brother is a hypnotherapist that does past life regressions, and he and his clients often go through the past lives and go to that in-between place where the soul can sort itself out as part of their therapy. So he has a more intimate knowledge of this in-between space between lives. And this is one of the reasons why he so strongly believes in reincarnation, because he sees it in practice in his hypnotherapy clients. A previous article on the Simple Explanation blog called Who Am I After Death describes the process this way. 
The me that continues to influence the fate of myself after death is nothing but the holographic pattern of all of the choices ever made by my governing unit of consciousness in life. In life, this karmically generated vibratory pattern attracts or repels the memes associated with my meme bundles. The memes I think of as me are not a part of my self-governing unit of consciousness, but they are drawn to me by my karmic pattern. It is my karmic record that attracts and repels the patterns of memes surrounding my life at any moment. That the you that exists between material incarnations is nothing but your karmic record is proven by one of our basic assertions that all units of consciousness are fundamentally one and the same, and that all units of consciousness began their individuated journey as perfect fractals of the Father. Then it follows that I develop as a result of my choices and the choices of others that surround me, I am my perfect unit of consciousness, enshrouded in karma and the memes that my karma attracts. And I have had a previous podcast on that exact topic called, I Am Not Me, The Self. And you can find that podcast, if you haven't listened to it yet, you can find it on the GnosticInsights.com website, in the menu, under the tab called Complete Episodes Library. So I am suggesting that reincarnations are not random events, but the continuation of karmically mandated cycles of consequences, and that's what karma means, consequences of actions. And so your karma is the record of all of the actions that you have had in your life. So reincarnation is based on these karmically mandated cycles of consequence that do not end with death. It just isn't logical to expect the consequences of one's actions to end at one's death. I mean, if you cut off someone's ear and then you die, does the person's ear suddenly grow back? No, the consequences of behavior are not affected by the death of the doer. So the karmic consequences have reverberations and go on and on and on. I mentioned tabla rasa in the previous podcast, and I did not define it. Tabla rasa means blank slate. So, for example, Orthodox Christianity would have you believe that every baby that is born is a blank slate. It's just a little happy bundle of love and life, and that it's all nurture and genetics that determine that child's life. We are adding the notion of karma on top of that. And I suggest that this is why babies are different from the moment they're born. They are not tabla rasas. Each baby has its own personality, and the personality it has is that karmic soul, that unit of consciousness that has attached to that baby in the womb as it develops. And by the way, each of the subunits of our bodies also has its own karma. So every cell, every organ, Every sub-self in the body has its own karma that it has generated over many, well, since the beginning of time, basically. And the unit of consciousness that attaches to that aggregation of smaller units of consciousness that make up your body, this is a big package. Your governing unit of consciousness attaches to the body that is most perfectly suited to carry on the karma of that incarnation. 
it's probably or possibly the same exact aggregation of smaller units of consciousness that make up the body that your soul attaches to during gestation because the most perfectly suitable place to be reincarnated for that soul is where that governing unit of consciousness attaches. And it just seems logical that one of the most perfectly suited places to attach to would be that previous body that you had already occupied. And in my brother's hypnotherapy work, he has discovered that to be true. People generally have troubles related to their previous life and death experience, and it goes into the body. So the therapeutic process is to revisit those traumas from the previous lifetime that caused the problem in this current lifetime. And of course, we will talk more about that when we talk with my brother. The memes that we favor in life also continue to live on in that shared transpersonal field after one's death. Some people refer to that transpersonal field as the Akashic Record. You see, the thoughts and the memes, they do not live inside of your head. Your head, (laughs) your brain, is not the repository of where these memes are, where these thoughts live. They actually live in this transpersonal field outside of us. And what your body does, what your brain does, it's more like a radio receiver that is set to tune in a particular pattern out of this transpersonal field. So if you think of your neurons and your dendrites in your brain as radio receivers, as antennae, they are formed in such a way as to receive certain messages, and those are the memes that you attract. So the memes that you generated in your lifetime, they live in that transpersonal field after you die. Then when your new host body is reforming in the womb and your unit of consciousness reattaches to govern that new baby that's forming in the womb, the karma will be attracted to the radio receivers in that new baby's brain. It's like that. And I have been speaking of humans, of course, because we are humans speaking with one another. However, this principle applies to everything in the universe. It it applies to every living creature in the universe. In the simple explanation model, I consist of my karmic pattern, the memes I hold on to, and the aggregate units of consciousness of my material body, from the subatomic particles to molecules to cells, all the way up through the units of consciousness of the body's organ systems. And these are all overlaid upon myself's perfect unit of consciousness. And I say perfect because it is a fractal of the one, of the fullness of God, of the pleroma. In terms of reincarnation, it is only the aggregate, and aggregate means combined, units of consciousness and their associated material bodies that change from incarnation to incarnation. But the patterns remain. So in practical terms, here's how I see reincarnation playing out. We are all composed of a self unit of consciousness that's a fractal replication of the universal unit of consciousness, which in Gnostic terms we call the fullness of God. And it is virtually identical to the universal unit of consciousness, or the mind of the Pleroma, or the mind of the Son of God. Overlaid upon our governing unit of consciousness is our personalities. My personality, your personality, they're all different. My cat's personality, 
This is largely defined by the memes that we hold on to, plus our karmic record, which inclines our choices this way and that, plus our physical body and its desires and limitations. So when this particular physical body is no longer able to sustain the constellation of units of consciousness that make us up, this particular hierarchical collection of units of consciousness will disband their unit in death, and all of the units of consciousness that are more complex than the molecular level will also die along with the governing self-unit of consciousness. This means that at death, it's not just the one soul that passes away, but the souls of the millions and millions of aggregates that make up our bodies as well. The molecular, atomic, subatomic, they don't die because they are still able to do their respective jobs of holding material existence in place. And plus, they're not alive. There is a difference between the mud level and the meat level. In Gnostic terms, people generally believe that the meat level is infused with the life force brought to the cosmos through Sophia. And we haven't talked much about Sophia because Sophia does not appear in the Tripartite Tractate. And it's the Tripartite Tractate book of the Nag Hammadi that forms the basic text of my Gnostic Gospel Illuminated. But we will have other people on in the future to discuss Sophia and her role in creation. Every newly instantiating piece of creation needs a unit of consciousness to oversee its life. At every conception, be it a leaf or a seed, a cell, an organelle, an organ, an egg, nature's karmic computer attaches a governing unit of consciousness. My unit of consciousness will probably cycle into another newly aggregated body of units of consciousness in the womb of some future mother, all in the most perfect way imaginable, because all of these units of consciousness that are in this body, they deserve one another. They are the most perfectly placed aggregate of units of consciousness. This new me will resemble the old me to the extent that my new self adopts old Sid's memes. These memes will be drawn to me by way of my old karma, which attracts some memes and repels others. My new body may also carry some physical traits forward from the previous life in the form of epigenetic patterns that cause genetic traits to turn on and off, and that is karmically determined. It's likely that my next incarnation will be human, not just because I was a human before, but more persuasively because my particular karma and meme bundles best instantiate a human form. However, if uh, I love to swim and surf and think about surfing nonstop and I spend all my time sitting on the board on the water, I could very well reincarnate as a porpoise. Who knows? It has to do with the memes and the karma. I don't see our incarnations as a process of becoming pure. I believe the Hindu version of reincarnation believes that over many, many lifetimes, 10,000 lifetimes, a million lifetimes, you become a better and better human being and you shed more and more memes until you have achieved the nil state of zero memes and the pure consciousness of the father. 
I don't think that's the case because I don't see a lot of progress in that direction in general. It doesn't seem to me that people are dropping memes throughout their lifetimes. I think they probably come in with a certain meme bundle. Some of those memes rearrange. They get new ones, they drop old ones, but they've still got memes when they go forward into the next life. I don't see each lifetime as a process toward perfection. However, we do know that through Gnosis, you can, in an instant, reconnect with the fullness of God. You can, in an instant, know the Father. And that is what the Gnostic Gospel is all about. It's remembering that you come from the fullness of God and that you will return to the fullness of God. And according to the various Gnostic Gospels, as laid out in the Nag Hammadi, this world that we find ourselves in, it's inherently troublesome. That's why it's called the deficiency. And it is inherently a source of delusion, ongoing delusion. This is the work of the Demiurge and the Archons. I think we're caught in an endless war and that we are recycled down here to fight that war until the end of time. And we don't cause the end of time. The end of time was determined by the fullness of God. We are part of a plan. We are part of the plan of the Pleroma. And there will come a judgment day when time does end and everything is recalled. And that will be the day of full salvation for all souls, including the fallen Logos. And the deficiency and the imitation will not coexist with us any longer. We will all be living in a paradise that replicates the dream of paradise that has always been in the mind or the fullness of God. Thank you for spending this time with me. Onward and upward. God bless.